This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping engineers succeed in work and life. The show is hosted by engineering enthusiast Anthony Fasano and Chris Knutson. Both are professional engineers who found success early in their careers and now work together to help other engineers do the same. Now it's showtime. Hello, this is Anthony Fasano, and this is the show for engineers who want to succeed in both work and life. I have with me today my co-host, Chris Knutson, and we have a episode today that I see is very important. We both do because we're going to talk about long-term vector setting or goal setting, however you want to think about it. And this is pretty much one of my favorite topics because I think it drives pretty much everything that you do. So we're pumped up about it. What's up, Chris? How's it going there on the other side of the world today? Great, man. How are you doing today? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty, pretty pumped up to talk about uh, vector setting, long-term goals, blueprinting your life. I think these are pretty, pretty critical topics. Absolutely. And we're going to get into this today, but it's also worth mentioning the fact that this is also something that's, it's continuous, it's continuous improvement, right? So you kind of lay this stuff out, but it's always, at least for me, it's always work in, uh, work in progress. Oh, absolutely. This is something you got to continue to mold and it's going to change. I mean, really, if it doesn't change, then you probably might be doing something wrong because, you know, life's not just coming at you easily every day, the same and same again. So you got to kind of adjust. And we'll dive into that again. We are going to really dive into this topic. And before we do, I just want to mention real quickly that we are putting on an event, the annual event we do, the Engineering Career Summit. This year, it's going to be down in New Orleans on the weekend of uh, May 12th. This event is going to focus on helping engineers to develop the skills that are necessary to succeed, but unfortunately, they're difficult to develop for multiple reasons. Number one, there's not a lot of arenas for us to learn them, like school, in companies, you don't really get this kind of training, but I'm talking about effective communication, how to network and build these relationships that are going to really yield opportunities for you in your career, and how to truly develop your engineering leadership abilities. We're going to have Will Schneer, who is an amazing young engineering CEO. You heard him a few episodes ago, episode 86, talking about how to build your engineering career flywheel. Well, he's going to dive into that in detail with graphs and charts and diagrams to help you do that. And then we're going to have one of Chris's friends, Croft Edwards. Chris, talk a little bit about Croft for a minute here. Yeah, Croft uh, is going to come up. He's a, he's a leadership coach and is working with a lot of companies in the in the mining and oil and gas industry but he has got he's got some amazing uh, thought concepts on the use of our our physical presence our body when it comes to leadership and the energy that we bring into a room and the energy that we bring into our communications and how that can really affect the way that we lead not only ourselves our internal self mastery if you will but but really how we interact with the project teams that we're in how we interact within the organizations that we're in and uh, we've had just some amazing conversations. He's a real good friend of mine. He's out there doing some amazing stuff. He's going to bring it down to New Orleans for us. And uh, it's going to be a little bit of a different leadership experience for people. And I think it's going to be an awesome one. It's certainly going to be one that anybody who is in that room is going to walk out of there a, a changed leader. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked about uh, being able to get him down there with us and join up with us. Awesome. So please go to engineeringcareersummit.com if you're interested. Go to the registration page. We have some early access tickets available. These are special tickets. We're going to have early bird. We're going to have the regular tickets uh, in 2016, but these are tickets that are going to encompass the entire event, including a special intimate mastermind on Thursday afternoon. 
and you can grab yours now. We actually extended the early access ticket window to December 15th. So please consider grabbing one. A bunch of them are gone already and there's not many left, but we'd love to have you be a part of this entire event and really come join us and take a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about actually on this episode, really craft those goals and come up with a plan for your career so you can design the career in life that you want to design as an engineer. All right, so now let me give you a quote related to the topic of today, and then we'll jump right into the main segment. The quote is a a Japanese proverb that fits perfectly what we're talking about, and it goes as follows. Vision without action is a daydream. Action without vision is a nightmare. All right, so, so now it's time for the main segment of our show. And we're talking about long range vector setting, big picture, goal setting, thinking about your career and life ahead of time so that you're not just kind of winging it as you go through. And we've set this up so there's going to be two kind of five step versions or I guess segments of this episode. The first one, we're going to talk about five steps to bring future predictions into existence. And then we're going to go through five steps you can take to blueprint your lifestyle, which I think sounds pretty cool. And and when we get into it, I think we'll find that it is not only cool, but it's something that's critical. So Chris, what are you thinking on these topics? Yeah, I'm thinking that these are great topics and I'm going to enjoy jumping into these. We've got some articles linked up and a couple of different takeaways that, uh, that you all can go on to the show notes at the engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash podcast. Look up this episode. You can download these, these PDFs and, uh, and kind of work through them at your leisure, obviously you can come back to the episode and then step through this. And, you know, Anthony, you led off with a pretty awesome quote. There's another one that came to my mind as you were reading that. And it's, uh, I guess it's probably maybe like the negative flip side of that one, but it's from Einstein, his uh, definition of insanity, which is if you're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. <laughs> yes. And I think that one plays into this as well. I mean, it immediately came into my mind because whenever we start talking about goal setting and visioning, and establishing a mission, you know, people can oftentimes go back into maybe what I would call like ruts, you know, kind of what, what feels comfortable, what they, what they normally see as being the process. I'm going to write this goal down. And then of course the goal gets written down and then it gets overcome by daily events. Okay. It gets overcome by doing the same thing over and over again. Yet there's always this expectation of different results coming out of, out of the goals that are set or the visions that we establish. And so these two five-step, little five-step processes we're going to kind of run through in today's episode, I think are a great way to just really get somebody going. And uh, I know that we're, you know, we're putting this out there right around the time that a lot of people are starting to do their annual goal setting, you know, goal planning. People tend to do that stuff in the, uh, in the December timeframe as they're getting ready to go into the new year. I know you and I are big proponents of the fact that you start doing your goal setting and your vision, visioning when you're ready for it, right? Exactly. Yes. It doesn't have to be a certain time of the year. It has to be when you're ready for it, when things change in your career or your life, or when you've completed one goal and you want to move on to another one. I mean, there's a lot of different triggers, but I don't like the idea of just doing it every December. I think December could be a good year to review the year in review and look at where your goal's at and do any adjustments. But it doesn't have to be this idea where you start from there every year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm... Although I've not studied in detail a lot of the concepts of agile project management, to a certain extent, it's sort of, I like to look at your goal setting and especially, I really take it one level up and I go up to a strategy, you know, this concept of a personal strategy. 
But I look at that as being, you really approach it from an agile standpoint, meaning that everything is open to continuous improvement and adjustment, but it's done within a set framework, meaning that you're not constantly under the hood tinkering on it, because if you do that, you're, you're going to spend all your time making adjustments and you may not actually progress through your goals. But being able and being willing to be able to go back in there and make adjustments that you need to based off of feedback, and that's the key part of it, feedback based off of what you're doing. But why don't we go ahead and we're going to step into this first five-step process here. And this is really wrapped around predicting your future. And I guess the way that I like to look at this is that the easiest way and the most assured way to predict your future, and of course we pretty much should know that that predicting the future is kind of hard to do, but I think that we can help shape our future. And the best way to do that is literally to design it. And as engineers, we understand that process. We design thoughts and turn them into reality on a day-to-day basis. And so if we're able to do that within the physical realm, we should be able to do that in, in our personal and our professional realms with the things that are very important to us, especially with regards to our career and our life, et cetera. So we'll just step through these. Let's do it. That sounds good, Anthony. We'll kind of walk through these and then uh, you can toss some questions at me. We'll get a little bit of dialogue going here so we can help everybody that's listening. But uh, the first step is literally writing down a single vision, a project or a mission. Okay. So what we're talking about here is what's the vision. And and again, we're going to have these linked up in the show notes for you, the definition of vision versus a mission, because that's really important to get it very clear on what those two are. There's distinctions between them. So the best way that I like to look at it is that your vision is literally a statement of what future success looks like. It doesn't have to be uh, tied to a specific time frame. It's in fact, it usually isn't. It has to be this overarching answer to the question of why. You know, why are you doing what you do? And it needs to be large enough to encompass all the different elements that are within your that are operating within your life. And I say elements, I mean I can you can look at it almost as like programs. You know, so for instance, um, I've got different areas of interest in my life: family, my work, my personal and professional development, uh, volunteering work that I do with different organizations. Each of these are different like elements or programs, if you will, within the, my portfolio, which is my life. But I have an overarching vision that drives all of that. That's what we're talking about when we look at the mission, but you're the vision. But you want to have that single vision laid out or a single project, okay? And if you're just new into this, that may be the best way to take this is to say, okay, here's a project. It's a goal. Let me just take this. Let me try that. Write that down, okay? That's your – write that statement out there, project statement, project scope statement. This is what this project is. This is what it's going to deliver. These are the benefits that I intend to achieve from it. And again, we'll have this in a – worksheet for you to kind of walk through it. So that's step number one, writing down your single vision project or mission. Step number two is what I like to look at is the rule of 1% or 2%. So just making, and this is setting time aside each day to work on it and doing it every day. And Anthony, I know you can share a lot about this because we've talked about the concept of morning rituals and building habits before. I know that you have a very very evolved way of tracking your work each day on elements and items, these goals, these projects, and these visions that you've got. What is that process? Well, basically what I have, like everything else, it's always changing, but right now I'm using a Word doc in Google each day. So like it says on the top, for example, Anthony's daily ritual Monday, and then the next day it's Tuesday. And basically what I do is I have the day mapped out 
So like the morning ritual each day is pretty much the same meditation, the reading, the Tai Chi, the other things. But then when I get into my tasks, like for example, Tuesday morning might be publish the tech podcast and I'll go through the checklist and I'll make sure that those things are all getting done. And basically what it allows me to do is it allows me to be less stressed and more focused and whatever my goals are, they'll go into the pockets of the day where I might have like, you know, creative work or I have a couple hours to work on what's important. And then I'll look at my goal sheet and say, these are some things I want to move forward today. I'm going to put them into that part of the day. So I do try to focus on that and have the time set every day. And one thing I'll say, kind of going back to what Chris talked about in step one with the vision or the mission is if you have those goals and a vision or a mission, part of your step two should be looking at them every day. So part of my morning routine is I have an Evernote file with all my goals in it and I read those every day. It might be like seven to 10 minutes as part of my morning routine. But what that does for me is it keeps those goals and those missions and the vision overall in the forefront of my mind. So I'm thinking about that as I go through every day and it's popping into my mind. I'm saying, what am I going to work on now? And then I'm like, oh, you know what? I remember those goals because I read them this morning. So I think that that's super important to be able to do that. And, you know, super important, like Chris said, to have the time dedicated every day or else it's going to get lost and pushed to the, to the back. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I do something similar in that I, I've got all of those, all those daily tasks set up. I use Asana online is really my, my task management uh, tool. And I've got literally a task for each day that has each of these elements that I am going to hit written down. And one of those in there is the same thing that you that you do is I, I look at my goals, goal statements each day. And I, I don't do a deep dive into those every single day, but I just look at the goal statement because I've looked at it enough to know what's involved with that. And I also have done, I'm working on these enough to know where I am in the execution cycle on each of those goals. But like you said, it keys me in every single day so that, and this happens to everybody, happens to me, I literally find myself going, okay, what am I going to do next? Or maybe I've just overcome by a a number of events, you know, stress is coming up. There's a lot of things going on. I can look at that sheet, see what my goals are. And it quickly brings me right back on, on center, which I think is a massive game changer. And certainly definitely something that I know that both of us spouses being the way that we're able to able to get the things done that we need to get done. The important things that is. Yeah. One example, like, for example, is like professional development, which is important part of, I know for both Chris and I, and one of the things that I do in the morning routine, the early morning routine is I'll read for about seven to 10 minutes every morning. It doesn't sound like a lot, but over the course of a year, that could be 15 books. But what I've been doing recently is I'll read every morning, seven to 10 minutes until I finish a book. And then I have highlights in the book and then I'll go back And in that same time period each morning, I'll read the highlights, like dictate them into the phone. And that'll help me to create a file, a Word doc or an Evernote file that has all the highlights for that book. You know, if it's a book that I think is really, really critical and then I can share them with Chris, I could share them with colleagues and I have that available to me to go through that. You know, because one thing I, I always don't like in the past for myself is I might read a ton of books, but then not really get any takeaways or be able to reuse the information, in which point what's the what's really the point of that. So I take just seven to 10 minutes a day and it's giving me really good information that I can then implement. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And just to kind of piggyback on that one, I I do something similar to that in, in that I take notes. I do a lot of my reading through, through Kindle and uh, I'm able to capture the notes and the highlights that I've got in there. And then, and as you know, Anthony, a lot of those get turned into one page book notes 
that we share pretty prolifically over on the engineering mastermind. So yep. members that are over there have access to, to all those uh, one page book notes. So definitely worthwhile. All right. So that was step number two. We were talking about setting time aside every day to work on your, your vision, your project, your mission every day, work on that. All right. So we're going to move into now step number three, which is your work. And another way you can look at this, if you want, you can call it your craft, you can call it your art, whatever you want to call it. This is where action is taking place. Okay. It's the work that you're doing. So this is the research you're going to be doing. It's building a network. It's creating your message, your branding. It's investigating options. It's benchmarking, trial testing, determining what your audience is going to be. It's, it's just all the different things that you're going to be doing to take that single project or to take the goals that you've got that cascade under your vision and begin bringing those things into existence. And so we can spend almost an entire episode, which we're not going to today, but we could very easily talking about how you go about essentially working out an entire work breakdown structure for one of these goals. Okay. And if, and if you just heard me use the terms work breakdown structure and as engineers, we should all be pretty familiar with, with the concepts of a, of a WBS Gantt chart, essentially breaking down tasks, dissecting a project into discrete tasks. Cause that's essentially what you're doing on a goal. It's a project. You're going to execute this project. You got to break out what the responsibilities are, what the resource requirements are, et cetera. These are things that we already know how to do. And all we're doing now is we're taking them, we're borrowing them, we're stealing them, whatever you want to say, from what we know in our professional life and the work that we do and the project work that we do. And we're bringing it over into our personal life and it could even be our professional development, our career development, but essentially using it to our advantage to be able to get us from where we are today, point A, to where that point is down in the, in the future, our vision of what future success looks like. That's step number three is doing your work. All right, so we've, we've talked about step one, which is writing down our, our single vision, our project mission. We're setting time aside every day to work on it. That's step two. Step three is we're doing it. That's our work. That's where the, the rubber meets the road. Now we're going to get into step four. And step four, at the same time we're doing the work, we're setting some milestones that are going to be reasonably met each month. And you may have a goal that uh, is operating at uh, you know, a short-term goal. That short-term goal could be 30 days. It could be within a month. It could be a week. But it could be oftentimes that we're going to be running up against these goals that are, that are going to be measured in multiple weeks, possibly multiple months. If you're working for certain certain particular uh, certifications or licensure, that could be measured you know, in several months. It could be could take you more than a year, depending if you're working on, say, advanced academic degrees, a master's degree or something like that. Or it could be, I want to be a partner in the firm that I'm working in. And that could be something that, that's laid out on an 18, 24, 36 month time horizon. Okay. So these are long-term goals and it can be very, very easy to lose momentum, to lose focus and to lose energy and passion behind achieving that goal, especially on these ones that are really, really long-term. So you absolutely have to be in a position where you can set reasonable, measurable milestones that are met each month, okay? And you can look at them as basically being gate checks if you want to use project terminology and say, okay, each month I've got a gate check. I can see where I'm at. How am I meeting my milestones? And, you know, one way could be literally laying out a timeline, using a visual timeline on where you are now and where you have a target date set. I do that for many of the long-term goals that I've got. Usually those are educational ones that are, that are involved because those are so easy to 
at least for me, I found they're very easy for me to lose focus on where I'm going through the learning process. But if I map it out visually, I'm able to see, okay, where am I at? Have I achieved all the learning objectives that I had set for myself for the month? What do I need to do? Okay, hey, I'm going to have to add in some additional time, et cetera. So that's step number four. We're setting some reasonable milestones, taking those big long-term goals, and we're breaking them apart into into bite-sized chunks, and then we're following up with ourselves. I think, Chris, this is where a lot of people kind of go awry because what happens is, you know, you might have the motivation to think about your vision, think about your mission. You might set it up so that you're going to work on it every day and you might even get into the work and do it, which is all great. But then I think a lot of people get off track in either one of two ways. They either get off track and they go into a path of their goal, like maybe they're beating it to death one area and they're not making progress and not moving forward, or they get so consumed with other things that their goal takes a back seat. And if you do either one of those things and you're not doing the step four of checking your milestones, checking your dashboard every month to see what the progress is, you're not going to be able to keep up with that goal and you're not going to hit your your target deadline. So that's why this is such a critical, critical thing. And we try to do things between Chris and I where we have a dashboard, we have measurements so that we know that if we're not, something's not hitting, then we know that we're either behind on it. We either, you know, something's not working right. So we need to adjust things. And so, you know, can't really stress enough the importance of setting these milestones and figuring out a way to monitor them. Like even if it's a simple spreadsheet that you have in your calendar that pops up once a month to check it, because if you don't do this, then it's going to be very, very hard to kind of stay on that vector. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I like to try to bring this back into experiences that I've had in project execution over my career. And, you know, whenever you go into a project review with stakeholders, you know, you're stepping through each of the different major projects that are underway. And they always have, you know, start dates, estimated completion dates. There's milestones that are laid in there. There's, you know, you're looking at the uh, execution against plan versus actual resource implementation. It's a lot of these same type of measures that are used in projects you can co-opt and bring over into your own goals. And it's one of those things where somebody could potentially look at that and say, well, man, that just seems like a lot of extra work to do. But then, of course, my first question is going to be, well, how important is this stuff to you? Well, if the answer isn't, well, it's not really that important. Well, then, yeah, you're right. You probably don't need to, to go through that level of effort. And it's probably not that important of a goal. But if it's a really important goal, if it's a licensure, it's, it's achieving a certification, it is developing leadership skills or other core skills that are needed in order to be able to put you in a position to be able to step into an advanced career movement, so a promotion or whatever that might be, that's probably an important goal. And so my question then to you would be, then why wouldn't you be putting that the energy into very discreetly mapping out what has to be done to make to bring that into reality? So again, we're going to say step number four, setting some milestones. They're reasonable. They're measurable. Those are your waypoints that are going to get you from where you are today to where you're going. And then the last step in this five steps to bring future predictions into existence is being flexible about changing your vision, your mission, and your goals that unfold. So oftentimes it's said, well, you know, we, we establish these visions, missions, goals. That's what it is. It's locked. Boom. I'm not going to do anything else with it. And I agree with that to an extent. But I also believe that as we, as we learn things and as we develop, as we move along, that there are opportunities, especially with regards to the goal, that are going to be ones that we need to really evaluate as being possible that we can make changes and achieve that goal faster 
Or perhaps we even find out that, hey, maybe this goal is no longer serving me in the way that I thought it was when I first started. And you have to make this decision of a strategic stop of saying, okay, this goal is no longer going to serve me. I'm not going to end going after it, or I'm going to delay it for right now. So I've done this myself, specifically with regards to professional development. So I may be working on a certain project that leads me into a lot of, and this has happened recently in the last couple of years, it led me into a lot of work in a specific area, let's say was like lean Six Sigma type stuff, or, and that's actually in this particular case, I really got involved in that, had done enough work with it that was like, hmm, I think maybe I'm going to go after, just go get the certified Six Sigma Greenbelt certification. But, you know, sort of going through the process of getting myself ready to go do that and then step back for a moment and said, okay, well, how does this really fit into my overall strategy? And the answer is really it didn't. That was a goal that I'd already put in place, was mapped out, had learning objectives, anything else. But I made the decision based off of a recheck, a vector recheck, that this really isn't going to serve me. It's not part of my overall strategy. And quite frankly, it's, it's consuming a lot of resource, a lot of time. And so I made a strategic stop. Not a delay, but I just stopped, moved it off the plate, said, you know what, all that knowledge that I've got that I picked up on it is awesome. It serves me in the work that I do, but I do not need to go through the additional effort that's involved, you know, with getting that certification. So that's a very basic example of that. But but again, we're being flexible about making changes. We're not so rigidly locked into what our goals are and even making adjustments that could be periodic to our vision, our mission to be able to make sure that we're ultimately aiming towards what we're really after, which is achieving high performance, so the highest level of performance that we can, and success in our engineering career. All right, so that's the five steps for bringing future predictions into existence. Again, there's going to be a PDF that'll be in the show notes uh, linked up for you, so you can go back and uh, work through that at your time, come back and listen to the uh, podcast here, and you can kind of step through that. What do you think about that, Anthony? I think it's great. What you said is just something that a lot of people struggle to do is to stop something or move away from something that's not working, especially as engineers. I think sometimes we start a process and we feel you know, like we have to finish it at all costs. And the bottom line is you don't. I mean, I had a coaching session with an engineer who basically realized on the phone that she was in the middle of a master's degree program that just wasn't working for her. So after the phone call, she quit the program. And you know, to me, that's not quitting. That's staying on vector and understanding that the master's program wasn't really going to help her get to where she wanted to go. So it was really just wasting her time and not really helping her. I mean, yeah, she probably picked up some things like Chris said that she can use long-term from a knowledge-based perspective, but there's no reason to continue to go down that road. So don't be afraid to stop things like that that may appear to be big, like a degree, like a certification, like a process, because it just may not help you when you figure out what your vision and your mission is. It may not be getting you there any quicker than without it. Just really think about where you're investing your time and how your time is bringing your kind of that prediction into existence. Absolutely. And I'll, let me just, I'll put it into, into terms from a business standpoint. Okay, so businesses have a strategy and that business strategy that they operate off of is what allows them to make decisions about where they're going to align resources for development of new programs and execution of existing programs. And so what we've been talking about in this, what we're just talking about in these five steps of bringing your future predictions into existence is essentially where you, you've got a program, all right? And every program or project is undertaken to deliver benefits. And those benefits are tied to whatever that strategy is, okay? So if you have a business that has a strategy of, you know, of, let's say bringing, uh, you know, doing a large-scale land development for commercial real estate, if they're working on a project and they've got these projects that are in a way that have intended benefits having something to do with regards to 
playgrounds or secondary schools, but their main strategy is all focused on land development for large commercial developments. You know, this work that they're doing over here in secondary schools and playgrounds and things like that is not aligned with their strategy. So are they really going to be able to achieve the benefits that they're truly after? And the answer is, is no, not if they're putting time and energy and resources against something that's not part of their strategy. So in that particular case, that business needs to make a strategic decision to stop doing the work that they're doing over there and allows them to free the resources to focus it on what their real what the real strategy is in developing projects and programs that are going to deliver benefits that are aligned with it. The same thing goes for you and me and for each of us as we look at our at our own personal business, okay, me incorporated. You need to look at it in that way and look at the different projects that you're working on, okay, the goals that you're after, or the different programs, okay, the areas of your life that you're working. What are the benefits that you're achieving or hoping to achieve from the implementation of each of those projects and programs. And then making sure it really doing some assessment work to figure out if the benefits that are going to come from that are going to support your overall strategy. And if they're not, then this is where leadership comes in. And leaders have to make tough decisions. And in this particular case, it's a tough decision saying, okay, am I going to continue to invest resources here, which oftentimes is time. It could be money. But it's oftentimes just our time. Am I going to continue to invest my time against this particular project or program area of my life that is not bringing me benefits that are going to help me achieve my strategy? And if the answer is no, I'm not going to do that, then that obviously means that you got to stop doing that. So if you look at it from that perspective, I think it can help. And Anthony, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's difficult when you start something, especially if you've invested time and energy into it. It makes it so it's so hard to, to just say, OK, I'm going to walk away from this. But uh Oftentimes, you got to do it, and that's where leadership really comes into it. All right, so we're going to move into now here. We, we were talking about the five steps bringing future predictions in existence. Let's uh, do a little uh, hard segue, if you will, into blueprinting. And what we're talking about here is that, again, this is just some kind of personal philosophy we're going to share with you here. And that's, you know, I see my life as the largest, most important design build program that I've got going on. And it's the largest because it's got like a span of construction that's lasting decades. It has lasted decades. Hopefully it'll last a few more. You know, overall in, you know, from point A to point Z over my life, it's going to cost millions of dollars and it's continuously being modified. And it's important because it's about me and my contribution to the world. And the same is going to go for you. Your largest design build project and program that you got going on is you. And so again, kind of co-opting some of what we already know from the engineering realm and bringing it into our lives I would just throw out a question to you. You, know, you have a choice. Do you want to be the, the designer or do you want to be the subcontractor? You know, do you want to be the one that's designing what this project is going to look like or do you want to be the one that's being hired to come in and execute it? And you got to pick one of those two because I guess you can try to be the, the prime and the sub, but it doesn't usually work that way. So I would just say you got to have that mindset that you're going to design your life or you're going to, you're going to allow somebody else to do it for you and you're just going to be a subcontractor that shows up. And I think that there's... Many of you out there are going, hey, I, I want to be the designer. I want to be the one that's in charge of what this thing is going to look like when it's all said and done. So uh, as you might expect, we've got another download for you. You can go to the uh, engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash podcast. Go to this episode. And there's a, another worksheet that's in there. This one's on blueprinting specifically. Got it linked up. And again, we got five more steps. We're going to walk through these. And you can download that document and take a look at that and at your leisure work back through it and obviously come back to the, we'd love you to come back to the podcast and listen as we go through that. So let's, uh, Anthony, let's unpack these uh, five steps here for blueprinting the worksheet. How's that sound? Sounds good. 
And again, you're going to hear terminology that you're going to be, it's probably going to resonate with many of you that are out there, especially if you're in the uh, engineering design realm. And the first step here is concept development. So this is really product ideation. It's identifying the requirements. Okay. In this step, you're defining the concept of what you want to do, what you want to be or what you want to have and why it's important to you. So on the worksheet, you're going to see where it literally says my goal entails and you got like this little block, you can kind of fill it in. And it's important to me because, again, you get to kind of fill in why it's important to you. So this is conceptual development on the, on the beginning and the front end. You're then going to move into step two, which is preliminary design. Okay, and here is where you're going to get a little bit more specific about what this goal is, what this concept is. You're going to put some parameters around it. You're going to target completion date. What are some of the knowledges or knowledge or skills that you're going to have to have in order to make this happen? What are the ones that are required? More importantly, what are the ones that you're going to have to obtain? Because it could be a goal, and oftentimes we develop or we identify goals that we don't have, that we lack knowledge and skills. So what do I need to have knowledge-wise and skill-wise to be able to bring this into existence? I'll offer to you that to get those knowledge and skills, and this is something that I, and Anthony, I want to hear your thoughts on this from your perspective for you. But for me, for the longest time, I always thought, well, if I don't have the knowledge and skills for this, then I got to go develop these knowledges, this knowledge and these skills myself. Okay, so it could be like, like when I started my blog first time, you know, I didn't know how to do any of the blog back design or, you know, the back end stuff. So I like, I don't know how many hundreds of hours I poured into learning how to do all that stuff myself. I could have just as easily have gone out and found somebody at probably pennies on the dollar, really in the, in the long scheme, in the, in the long scheme of things that, that understood it way better than I ever will and could have done it and saved me hundreds of hours. But I went through it from a perspective of brute force as opposed to a perspective of elegant leverage. So I have learned my lessons in, in this regards when it comes to knowledge and skills that are that are needed to be able to bring a goal into existence. What are your thoughts on that? I agree 100%. And again, there's a balance between it. So for example, if you're an engineer and you want to become an engineering manager... And, you know, obviously it makes sense for you to go through and do all, learn your design stuff, learn your technical stuff, put the time in that Chris is referring to, to learn it and to take the next step. However, once you become a manager, then you got to get to the point where Chris is saying, you don't do that anymore. You have a staff member that's an expert in designing the drainage, do the drainage design. If you get stuck in the path of, oh, well, you know what? It's only going to take me a few hours. I'll do it. Then as a manager, you're going to not hit your managerial goals. So I think that in the engineering world, there's a fine line between understanding when it's time to use the brute force and learn what you have to learn. And then there's also going to be a time where you have to understand that this is not for me. There's resources to be able to do this so I can stay on vector and I need to make that distinction. And if you can make that distinction, that's what makes successful engineers and project managers. If you can't, that's where you get stuck and you're not going to get ahead because you're always going to get stuck in the details and the other stuff that you really should not be focusing your time on. And I think to give this segment or this section of the episode a little bit of context and to help you visualize this process of these five steps, we can use an example. Always a good example is like a certification exam. So let's just say like the PMP, for example, Chris went through the process, but basically your concept development would be, what do you want to do? You want to achieve your PMP certification. Why do you want to have it? That's up to you, right? So is it something that's going to get you promoted? Are the skills that you're going to learn going to help you to be more effective? Is it going to be a combination of both? That would kind of be like your step one. Your step two would be your preliminary design where you're thinking about what's required. Do I have the knowledge I need? Do I need to take a review course? What's involved in the application process? Do I need to get people to sign off for me or do I need to talk to people that have gone through this process? 
And that, again, is going to help you to start to understand what goes into it. And then you're going to go into the next step, which Chris can talk about now, which is reviewing that design. Yeah, absolutely. So you've gone through this step number two, which is preliminary design. We've been talking about identifying some parameters on this. And now we want to step into this design review. All right. And we, we know this again as engineers, uh, whether we're in manufacturing on the manufacturing side or in the infrastructure side, or it doesn't matter which industry that we're in in engineering, there's always design review whenever something's being developed. And what we're really going to do in this particular case is we're going to, we're going to go through steps one. Okay. We're going to, we're going to do the concept development. We're going to do step two. We're going to do this preliminary design, which is going to give us the parameters. And then we're going to sit on it. We're going to let a week elapse, and then we're going to come back to it. And we want to look now at what we've done through concept and preliminary, and we want to see what new ideas and thoughts come up with it. And the reason that we're doing that is that week gives us perspective. It allows us to move emotionally away from whatever this goal is. And you may think, well, hey, it's the PMP exam. I mean, how emotionally charged can that be? But there is. There's there's an emotional charge around that because you have – decided that this is something that's important to you. And as soon as we, whenever we attach a label of importance around something, there's emotional, there's an emotional charge around it. So we want to give ourselves a little bit of, we want to give ourselves some perspective, okay? Step away from it and come back to it in a week. Okay, is this still something that that I'm very energized about doing? There also may be some new ideas and thoughts that come up in that intervening week because now that it's been planted into your mind, you're going to start picking up on this. Like it's going to come up over and over again it's the reticular activation sensor in our brain. And uh, that this was a concept that uh, I wasn't, again, aware of until I started doing a bunch of research on critical thinking and decision making. But essentially, is you know, this is this little portion of our brain that works for us that allows us to be able to identify just arbitrarily, just immediately identify and key in on different types of uh, stimuli that are going on around in our environment. And so if we have this emotionally charged idea, this concept, this goal, if you will, our brain is going to key in on this even when we're not actively thinking about it. And that's one of the reasons why we're going to step away from it for about a week and then come back to it because you are going to have new ideas and new thoughts that are going to come up over it. You can now incorporate these into what will be step number four, which is going to be your final design. And so in final design, we're taking the material that we put together in step two, which had target completion dates and some rough estimates of resource implementation, resource requirements, as well as some risks that are associated with that, opportunities and threats, if you will. And we're now going to put a little bit more refined dates, refined resource requirements. We're going to identify where we're going to find the knowledge and the skills that we need and the other aspects of it. We're really going to, we're going to put the parameters around this goal so that we now can make it, you guessed it, we can make it a smart goal, something that's specific, measurable, actionable, relevant, and time-bound. And that's what we're doing in step four as part of that final design. And then we're going to move into step five, and this is the execute and adjust step. This is the execute and adjust phase. And then this step, this is where you're taking action. And while you're taking action, there's the old, uh, the old proverbial quote that comes to mind that no plan lasts first contact with uh, reality. And in this particular case, as you begin to execute on this goal, it may adjust. You know, your, the actual line is not going to look linear. It's not going to go from point A to point B with no movements. Most likely there's going to be inflection points goals and hurdles and so on and so forth. And that's where you're going to adjust as you need to, to get around those obstacles, overcome those hurdles and move towards the uh, final, final completion date. And within that, and you'll see this on the worksheet, we ask for really for checkpoints. Okay. So you're going to look at this goal and arbitrarily on the, on the worksheet here, we say there's a quarter point date, a half point, 
and a three-quarter point date. So basically, you're kind of breaking apart into quarters and kind of doing a vector check. Where are we? Where are we in achievement of this goal? Now, that time frame could be, if this is a goal that's going to be measured in, in, a, in a year, you could make it a monthly check. could be a weekly check. It depends on what you need to do to make sure that you're continuing along your path towards achievement of that goal. And then there's a question on here in the worksheet that I think is extremely valuable. And it's one that I think many of us, and I know for myself, I wouldn't do this if I didn't have it written down. And it's part of what I do when I'm going through the execution of my goals. And that is, what will you do to celebrate achieving your goal? I think this is an important question because all too often we go through the process. Let's say we're going to go out and we're going to get, like we can use the PMP certification again, but we can use PE licensure. Or let's go into somebody's career and say, you know, I want to become a project leader on this, on this project. And you get that assignment. Okay, you've achieved your goal. Project gets, you know, the project is executed. You learn from it. You get the pat on the back. You know, hey, you did a great job on this thing. And then you're already moving on, boom, into the next, into the next project or onto the next goal. And nowhere in there did you celebrate achieving that goal. And I think it can be one of those things where maybe, you know, we're all brought up to be very humble. We don't want to be uh, seen as being overly uh, appreciative or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. But I think what we do is we miss an opportunity to remind ourselves of how important this goal was in our career development, in our personal development, and just really overall to our happiness. And we also miss an opportunity to be able to say, hey, this was an achievement. I achieved it. I had other help, thanking those other people and and being grateful to them for their help. But then marking this as a milestone and also marking it as a high point because it's so easy for us. And in fact, in most cases, it's going to be very easy for people to be able to fixate on the negative. And in fact, we have a, all of us through just through human nature, have a tendency to always gravitate towards the negative. And so what I'm really postulating here is make a conscious effort to celebrate your positives, your wins, because those are the the high points that are going to be able to sustain you and help drive you towards the next goals and the stretch goals that you're going to place out there that are going to be able to pull you towards your highest levels of performance. So those are the five steps for blueprinting. And uh, we, we tie those in with those uh, five steps to bring those future predictions into existence. And I think you got some, some powerful uh, tools to help bring future high performance into reality. What do you think? I think that's exactly right. And just to frame it out, if you're just to be clear, what we covered here was it was first, it was these five steps to bringing future big picture predictions into existence. So step one, you're going to write down that vision or that mission. Step two, you're going to set the time aside every day to work on it so it doesn't get lost. Step three, you're going to do the work. Step four, you're going to set your milestones and create a dashboard so that you can maintain progress, you know, keep track of yourself so you don't get off track. Step five, you're going to be flexible and make sure you change your vision mission as it unfolds as needed. Then we kind of got into this process that's more blueprinting lifestyle design or literally like one goal, right? So before we're talking about the big picture, now we're talking about all the steps on the way there. And you have step one is your concept development. So for example, like we said, maybe the PMP exam is what you want to do and and you know why you want to do it. Step two is that preliminary design. What is it going to take? Review course, materials, application process. Step three is going through and reviewing that design process and how you can incorporate these ideas into your, literally into your weeks. Then you got the final design where you commit to the goals accomplishment. Again, put it on paper, get your dates in place. And then you literally step five is to execute and adjust as time goes on. And, and again, 
we got the download sheet. Everything's going to be at engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash vector setting. And what we're going to do now is we're going to jump into the take action today segment of the show. And we'll give you one step that you can do first to move everything that we just talked about forward. All right, now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. And the reason that Chris and I do this segment is because we listen to podcasts and we know that you listen to something for a half hour, 40 minutes, and then you got a bunch of stuff in your head. So we want to try to boil this down to one thing that you can do now to start on this topic. And the one thing that we're going to give you today is to start by doing really a brain dump and basically take a couple sheets of paper, or if you want to do it on the computer, get a document in front of you and just start writing or typing out everything that you want to see, experience, be in your life, and your career whether it's, you know, successful engineer, project manager, leader, volunteer, could be getting involved with life too, right? Like a father or a parent, mother, teacher, whatever the case may be, just everything, get everything that you want to experience onto one sheet of paper. Then you could start to dig in to the steps that we gave out in this episode using kind of the blueprinting download that we're going to provide to you. Chris, help the listeners a little bit here. How can they do this Let's put some framework and some parameter around that. So we say, you know, brain dump or brainstorming session, you know, you can look at that and go, okay, well, how am I going to take that and translate that into something that's actionable and specific? So one of the ways that that I think just works amazingly, I've seen this work amazingly, is to do this little exercise that I call the list of 50s. And many of you are familiar with the concept and the idea of a bucket list. Uh, there's, you know, there's a pretty cool movie that's out there about that. And we, we hear that term and all that term kind of come up in vogue quite a bit. This is like the enhanced enhanced version of a bucket list. And really what you're going to do with this list of 50s is you're going to you're going to generate a list of 50 things that you want to be, 50 things that you want to do and 50 things that you want to have. So it's three separate lists. And this exercise is going to really force you. I mean, it's, you think okay, it's 50 things that I want to be, I want to do and I want to have. This is going to be easy to crank out. I'm just going to ask you to set aside an hour of your time, okay? And you, you only need to do this to just get this ball rolling, do it once. And I know an hour probably sounds like a lot of time, but this again, we're talking the largest design build project in your life because it is your life. So set aside an hour of your life, get a sheet of paper, probably get three sheets of paper and a pencil and a pen, or you can open up a, a Word document or a whatever Google sheet, however you want to do this. But set aside time, turn the phone off, turn the email off, turn off Facebook messaging, have no outside distractions, give yourself an hour to crank out a list of 50 things that you want to be, 50 things that you want to do, and 50 things that you want to have. And then use the power of your engineering analysis and go back in there and, and look at what your answers are and start grouping them. Okay. And so that will start to give you an idea of about some you know different categories, if you will, or different headings or themes or what I call domains in within each of these different lists. And sometimes you'll see you'll see domains that match up across the different lists. So the way that I use this when I went through this process myself, and I still do these lists, I do them about once a year, is I was, when I was first starting doing this, I would do it and then I would come back and I'd do it again in, the following, in another month. And then I'd do it again in another month. And then I would do it again in a quarter. So that first year I did this list like probably six or seven times. All right. So that's like six or seven hours. You're like, wow, it's a lot of time. But I'll tell you, I did this about five or six years ago and identification of the domains as I went through that exercise, for the most part, things really cycled in to three or four specific domains that for the most part have locked and stayed the same over the last six years of my life. So it sounds like a lot of time on the front end, but you're dealing with your life, which is going to be measured in decades. 
And so six or seven hours of investment over a year that has the potential of impacting your entire life is a very, very small investment on the front end to get you dialed into what's really important and where you need to be focusing your time and energy. Awesome. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode today. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Go to engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash vector setting. That's all lowercase, no spaces, vector setting. The download's there. You'll be able to download it. You can leave comments and questions or thoughts for Chris and I, and we'll be we'll keep a tabs on that post and we'll respond to them. And the last thing I'll mention is we are going to be putting together a masterclass on personal strategy and goal setting in 2016. We've done a goal setting course in the past. Chris has done some strategy work in the past. We're putting the two together and we're going to create this resource that you can basically use to guide you through your engineering career and life. And you're going to be able to do it at your own pace. And that's the kind of course that we're going to build. And if you're interested in giving us input on a course like that, email me at anthony at engineeringcareercoach.com or chris at chris at engineeringcareercoach.com and let us know that you want to be involved in the process of us developing the course. Let us, or just send us some things that you'd like to see covered in the course because we're going to make sure that we build it for you as an engineer so that it's very, very specific to the challenges that you're going to possibly run into when you're doing your strategy and goal setting in your career and in your life. So until next time, please continue to engineer your own success. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Be sure to visit engineeringcareercoach.com where you can find all past episodes and also download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also to help develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.